Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your Excellency, Reverend Clergy, dear faithful and friends, if for most men this feast of Easter is about spring sales and Easter egg hunts, dinners, and, well, maybe for the more conscientious, an old movie about biblical times, it is for the fervent Catholic a feast, more than anything, of victory and of supernatural awe and wonder at the ways and majesty of the God who came from heaven to earth to conquer by means of apparent defeat. Our ways, that is man's ways, are not God's ways. We heard that yesterday in the prophecies. Now, I know how your world, whether it be your individual little world or your world in general, is so hard, even at times the weight of all the struggles and all the battles and fights seems to be just crushing. After all, we are, since the first victory of Satan over the human race, surrounded, just surrounded, by the forces of evil on all sides. We've seen this time and time again over the past few years. It is very clear, if only you are watching. And even the church, the very bride of Christ, finds itself in worse straits than she has ever been found before. So many of you have come from so very far away to attend Mass here at St. Gertrude's because of the attack on the church. And so many of you on the, the Internet congregation do not have a Mass to come to on Easter Sunday. According to human, not divine, but human standards, the evils, have, the evil has been once more victorious. But never mind that, because the victory, you must believe, is ours. It is ours because it is Christ's. And what are, are we but victors in the end if we are true and fervent followers of our Lord Jesus Christ? I was thinking of it yesterday. The, what is it that makes, that makes Easter so glorious? I think it is this. The glory of the victory of Easter is all the more brilliant, all the more spectacular, because the struggle was so dire. Now, when you feel, as we all do sometimes, that life is just stacked against you, remember 
everything was, as it were, stacked up against our blessed Lord. The whole world at that time, or at least the area he lived, was attacking him. The chief priests who were influenced by the prince of this world, the devil, they did all they could possibly do to snuff out the life of our Lord who came to save fallen man. And they acted not only with the malice of man, which is bad enough, they acted with the malice of demons who were pushing them on to insult our Lord and his blessed face. Think of all he went through. That midnight in the Garden of Olives, how much he suffered there, only to be met at the gates, as it were, by his enemies. They had come out with torches and weapons of all sorts to arrest an innocent man whose only goal was to save mankind. They tied him up and ropes and cords and, and dragged him along as a dog on a leash, our God himself. Then he was taken into a false courtroom. False accusers were brought up against him. They couldn't agree. We read that in the Passion, the, those four days of Holy Week. But when he was brought to Pontius Pilate, Bishop, Bishop Sheen says, this was the most illogical ergo, or therefore, that the world has ever seen. He said, concerning our Lord, I find no cause, no guilt in the man. Therefore, take him and scourge him according to your ways. Even the halls of our courts were against him at that time. And he carried his cross among jeers and was crucified. We saw so much of this during the liturgy of Holy Week. But then I got to thinking yesterday, on Holy Saturday, how even after the chief priests and the Jews had their way in the death of Christ, they still could not find it in themselves to give up it wasn't enough. They must make sure that not only he is dead, but that he would not return. And that even his memory would be erased from the minds and from the hearts of men forever and ever. And if it could not be erased, at least when men would think of Jesus of Nazareth, they would think of him as a seducer a fool. Sir, they said to Pilate when they approached him after our Lord was buried. And how hypocritical was that? Remember, they had no respect, the chief priests, for Pilate. They hated the man. And just a few days before, they had said, you are no friend of Caesar's if you set this man free. Now they call him sir. How polite and submissive on their part. Sir, we have remembered that this seducer said that while he was still alive, after three days I will rise again. 
And that is all the chief priests remember. They forgot all of his beautiful sermons. Sermon on the Mount, for example. They forgot his miracles, curing the sick, for example. And they forgot all of his good works, but they remembered this one thing that he said, after three days, I will rise again. Then they begged Pilate to command that this tomb be guarded. It was the first tomb of a dead man that had been guarded so very carefully. But when they spoke to Pilate about this, they didn't admit the real reason they wanted it to be guarded. The real reason was this. The chief priest feared lest our Lord might rise from the dead by his own power. But instead they spoke not of that because they perhaps feared that Pilate might mock them and laugh at their childish beliefs. So they spoke only of their fear that one of this seducer's disciples might come and steal the body. And they go on, this last error would be far worse than the first. In other words, this first error, which was the doctrine of Christ's divinity according to them, was bad enough. But if rumors start that he had arisen, then all of his disciples would believe in him. They would believe him to be God, and this would be far worse, Pontius Pilate, because all of his followers and all of their anger would come upon us. Our blood would run through the streets, and you would be the object of their anger. Pontius Pilate said, you have a guard. I have given you 125 soldiers at your disposal. You take them and you watch. And with what care these Jewish priests watched. The priests and the chief priests, one author says, like stone masons, drilled with iron tools into the stone and into the wall of our Lord's sepulcher. They connected the stone to the wall and even put more iron bands and wrapped it around the wall and the stone so that there would be no human way of coming to steal our Lord. And then the Sanhedrin put their seal on it to ensure that it would not be opened. And the guard was stationed. As the soldiers mocked, one Jesuit priest said, come forth now if you can. Just as, they, just as they had mocked him on the cross, come down now and we'll believe in you. Seal the stone, one author, another author says. Seal the stone, place your menials, encircle the tomb with a thousand guards. Thus shalt thou render more glorious the work of Christ's resurrection, glorious as it is, in itself, for thou art placing spectators and witnesses of his resurrection 
and thou art preparing for him servants who shall announce, announce his wonderful works. All was stacked against him, and yet nothing prevented our Lord from raising his own body by his own divine power and passing through that stone door as light through a glass. Our Lord has risen. Let the world throw at you whatever it will. You will always be the true victor. I have a story that sort of illustrates this. It's a historical story. Napoleon one day was marching through Europe and he came upon a town just on the border of Austria and he ordered one of his generals to take this town. Now it was Easter morning. Villagers were on their way to Mass they saw the general and his 18,000 troops up on the hills overlooking the town. The scene was one of confusion in the town. What were these citizens to do? So they called a town council and all present agreed on one thing, that it would be futile to resist Napoleon. One suggested surrender, Another sent an emissary to Napoleon to plead for mercy. But then the Catholic priest spoke up at this meeting. He said, it's Easter. Don't you think that God, who rose from the dead today, can protect us in trouble? Will our first act then be to neglect him? Against Napoleon, he continued, we cannot resist. Go to church. Celebrate Easter as usual and leave the rest in the hands of God. The Catholics followed the advice, and they went to church as usual. Every bell in the village was ringing, and the people crowded through the streets and into churches just as joyfully as they always did on Easter. Well, the French, up on that hill, overlooking the town, they heard the bells, and they saw all of these brightly dressed villagers hurrying off to church. And they thought that the villagers had received news that the Austrian army was on the way coming to their defense. And so the French general ordered an immediate retreat, thanks to the Easter bells of this one Catholic town. Our Lord has risen. You can share in the victory. You must stay with him. Be loyal through, through all of your Good Fridays to enjoy the Easter Sunday. He is victor over Satan, victor over death, and victor over sin. If you are faithful, what is this Easter to you? Well, one day it will be your own resurrection. On that last judgment, when your body is brought back and united to your soul, you will rise from your grave and you will go to heaven and you will see our risen Lord and you will thank him for his victory. The victory is ours.
no matter what the world throws at us, stay with our Lord. The apostles did not, but may you stay with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Thank you.